Hi, this is Marjorie Liu from New York Comic Con, and be sure to listen to Adrian Has Issues. Hey everybody, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. So, I don't know if any of you had heard episode, I uh, it was a while ago, it was entitled Rockets and Pins, and I, I think I briefly told the story of how I met today's guest. Uh, let's see, this is New York Comic Con 2015, thanks to the now hilarious yet kind of terrible ticketing incident, I was only able to get one ticket for Thursday to New York Comic Con. So I was like, I have one day basically to see all the people I wanted to see. And I didn't realize because Thursdays used to be very chill days. Like, you know, there weren't too many crowds, very easy to navigate. Only to find out that Thursday was basically like a Saturday where you couldn't move. I was nursing a really bad knee injury. Not to mention on top of that, like I was going to my girlfriend's afterwards. So I brought like this giant like wheelie suitcase, which kept tripping people over and I kept getting bowled into. So not a good day. And in trying to meet everybody and not waste as much time as I could, I forgot I hadn't eaten anything. So basically limping around, no food. Um, I think I had at least enough water and maybe like a couple of like those trail mix bags, but everybody I saw basically was like, Hey, it's good to see you again. Wait, are you okay? Do you need a sandwich? <laughs> and that happened at at least like two, three tables. So by the end of the night, um, and I feel so bad for Suli cause I had seen her at her table and I must've just looked the absolute worst. You know, it's like sweats pouring, like I'm like, my eyes are like half open and I'm trying to have a conversation. And that's when I ran into returning guest Fabian Lillet. And, you know, we kind of had this great conversation because we were both pretty much wired after a long day of, you know, rolling around a convention. And you were telling me about this ash can you did for uh, the book, uh, J Street Protection Services. And, you know, we had this great discussion. And just as I'm talking to you. All of a sudden, Katie Rex pops up, uh, someone who I had followed online and was a fan of. So I kind of like geeked out while super exhausted. And <laughs> I may have to just post a picture I took because I looked the worst. But it was just so cool me and the two of them. And they worked on J Street Protection Services together. And while Fabian is returning, but uh, Katie Rex, this is her first time on the show. So please welcome Fabian Lillet and Katie Rex. How's everybody doing? Yay. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> awesome yeah so like i said i'm so glad that you guys actually bothered to talk to me after that because after that night and after i relaxed i'm like oh god i probably look like a junkie no i was actually pretty sure that i made a terrible impression so don't worry too much about it <laughs> yeah but it was just so funny because then it was like this uh double team because as i talked to you, the two of you then i left and i remember as i'm leaving Jabs, i run into the two of you again then ran to taylor esposito it's like oh crap i just ran to the entire j street team <laughs> <laughs> like it was just really yeah, cool that was before mara was on it afterwards uh fabe and i were talking and he had sent me um the pdf of the Ashcan, and i had it was you know it was a very brief book but yet i thought the premise was really fun very original and go figure like a year later 
uh, you know, the book's been made and it's uh, been picked up by Black Mask, which I thought was really cool. So it's been interesting seeing the evolution of the story so far. But now that I have the two uh, writers here, so I guess you can get a little bit more into J Street and just really where the inspiration came from. So um, I guess we'll figure out who goes first. But I figured, would you guys give me at least a little insight into how this whole story came about? I think Fabian should take that one. Oh, um, basically what happened was uh, we met at what was that show New York special edition yes yeah, special edition oh i missed that show i wish they didn't cancel that this year so we met there through a mutual friend so we were like playing around the idea of i was looking for for writers at the time um because i had so many ideas but i didn't have like the experience in writing so i approached katie one day about this idea i had about a girl gang in like some hong kong type of city we did a back and forth and um, we decided to make the magical girls, and lo and behold, Jade Street came to life. You know, she whipped it into shape. She made sure that you know it was appealing to you know these publishers that we were aiming for. And luckily enough, uh, Black Mask took us on, and um, you know now we're um, awaiting the second issue next week, coming out next week. Uh, oh. Not next week. Um, anyway, I, I'm not even sure when the show is coming out, but on November 2nd. It's fun. There's like when there are podcasts that are being released later, your sense of time just doesn't matter anymore. When we first got together, the first issue hadn't come out. And I know you had been shopping it around. So I noticed at least at that time, the art style had uh, changed quite a bit. Was that something that as you were going along, was it just like a natural progression of saying, hey, you know, let's change your artwork a little bit? I think it, it was more of the uh, an experience as to working um, in comics. I mean, yeah, it was I my think first your work really matured between the ash can and the first issue. It really did. And I mean that to be completely complimentary because, like I said, the first issue, you know, like not that I didn't enjoy the art the first time, but, you know, having seen it together, put together in the book, like it's really awesome just seeing just how much it changed. Yeah, it's always been crazy dynamic and and you just found a way to refine that a little bit, I think, for the newer issues. I I think most of it also falls on um, the fact that Mara did a really good job with the colors on that. Um, It really brought the book to life. I honestly, you know, was not super confident with the first issue. I felt like I was rushing myself as well. You know, it's a it's a learning process. Like breaking into comics is not as easy as to being in it already. I'm not sure breaking into comics is actually even a thing. I yeah. think breaking into comics is like an ongoing thing for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think that's that's a really good way to put it. But um, just for reference, like, you know, just getting your first book out is completely different from actually creating the book as it goes. And, you know, like sometimes deadlines take a huge part in the quality of the work. So, you know, I was new to it. I had a day job and like managing it was a little hard. So I wish I could have done a better job with the first issue but once you get the second issue on the second of november you're probably going to notice that how much has changed i really feel like you've been kicking butt since the beginning that was kind of my feeling too also it's like don't sell yourself short dude <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's not really selling myself short it's more of the um i wish i could have done better like i think everybody in the art community is like when they come out with a book or like 
come out with a page for a webcomic, you know, once it's out there and, you know, there's no going back, they look at it and like, I could have done this, I could have done that. So yeah, it's, it's not like beating myself up. It's more of the, um, I don't know. It's just the critical mindset that me and most artists have, I guess. So, Katie, I can bring it to you then, having written a story, because there's so many different styles to this book. You know, there's Magical Girl anime, there's like a punk rock aesthetic, and then it kind of has like a lot of the, you know, elements of coming of age stories, like, you know, there's a little bit of like John Hughes thrown into it. So, I mean, there's just, that's a lot of stuff to kind of put into a book and also make it cohesive. So, um, what's that been like as far as crafting the story and making sure that you know, everything gets blended together and also being original, which is also very tough in a market where you see so many of the same things. I think that there are two major factors that have really been crucial. One is that it's it's a very character-driven story. And because I think of the characters as complete people, like we thought about what flavor ice cream they would prefer, because they're complete people in my head, it's made it a lot easier to figure out how they would react to things and how that would drive the plot. Also, though, I think it's been such a co-created project. This is something where Fabian and I are constantly bouncing ideas off of each other. And I think we pretty, pretty equally set up the story and then decide separately sort of some of the personal strengths that we have. Your group of girls, like, early on, very quickly, they formed this very tight-knit bond, and it actually shows, and I said in both the, the writing and the art, and it complements itself very well. Thank you. I'm pretty sure this story isn't funny to anyone outside of us, but I'm going to tell it anyway. At one point, maybe two years ago now, it's been a really long time since we first started thinking about Jade Street, but at one point, we were talking about the characters, and we were talking about how they should be in a rock band together and that'd be really cool totally facetiously like because we don't actually want to form a rock band of the girls it's just cool Um, (laughs) and we were talking about who would do what and at the exact same time Fabian and I came upon the idea that Noemi would play bass because that's just who that character is and that's how our brains are on exactly the same page with this book Oh, see, this is fun. Now I'm going to see if I can guess who would be, like, what band member. All right. I'm going to play this fun game with myself, because I am assuming, if I had to take a pick, that Kai would be your drummer? Nope. Really? She likes to hit things, sure, but she needs way more attention than that. Yeah, she loves the attention. She's definitely, like, you know, a glutton for, you know, the spotlight. When we were talking about it, she was definitely, like, a lead guitarist. Like, mm-hmm. a, Absolutely. like a showboat. Like... Like, she doesn't seem like the type of person that actually knows how to sing. She doesn't, <laughs> right. Like, like, you know, like, she, she would want to sing, but she's probably, like, she would probably have, like, this really shitty voice. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like she would just be like, you know what, fine, let me just do this instead. I so, love yeah. her, though, because her confidence would make her have those moments where she's like, all right, everybody go low, I'm going to do a solo now. Yeah. She's about it. Yeah, it's like she's like a better version of Jack Black in School of Rock where she actually knows <laughs> show about. Not like, like the twenty minute solos are called for. Like whenever she does it, it's called for. Yeah. So I don't know. That's how I feel about Kai. 
all right, so with that said, then, you know what? Let's go through the rest of the characters. Let's figure out what roles would they play in this band. Yeah, do it. You got to guess, though, because we already know. Yeah. We're awful. We're doing terrible things. I'm sorry. Let's see. All right, so then we have Naomi as bass, Kai's lead. Ah, shoot. Hmm. Because Saba, it could go either way. Because you already have a lead. Ah, shoot. Now I gotta figure out, all right, who is your drummer then? I mean, I could say Emma. You actually got it right. I got it right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if me, if me and Katie had the same thought process of why we put Emma and drums. What was your reason for it? For, for me, um, you know that Emma is autistic and when she needs sort of self-comfort, she does something that is colloquially referred to as stimming, um, right. self-stimulation, where she taps. And part of that is that there is always sort of a, a beat, a rhythm, a count inside of her head. And it just sort of has to externalize in um, high emotion situations. So having this constant beat in her head makes her a perfect percussionist. And I was also thinking, seeing as how... You know, she's a, a marksman. You know, obviously precision is very big when it comes to drumming, too. So, yeah, I, that would be perfect, I think, for her. That's actually the same reason why I thought that she would be perfect for the drums if they ever had, like, this rock band. <laughs> See, now you're just going to have to, like, put it in at some point. Like, even if it's literally just, like, a panel just for the sake of a joke, like, they may have to be in a rock band at some point. <laughs> we had a print of it that we were selling at Heroes Con. Yeah. Oh, awesome. All right, let's see. No, let me plug myself real quick. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you are still interested in the print, it's on our store envy, which is fluffbunnies.storeenvy.com. And that's something else I also love too is the quite literal <laughs> colorful profanity of this book. Thank oh you. yeah. As I was reading the first issue, I was getting set up, and as always, my mic stand is not nearly as heavy as the microphone itself, so as I plop it down, I always have to wait like five seconds to see if it falls over, and I, as soon as I turned away, it fell, and I kid you not, I actually said, oh, sparkles. Oh! <laughs> Yay! I think that's that's the dream for us, is like, if we can get everybody to just shout profanities and expletives as... You know, cute little words like bubbles, sparkles, and snickerdoodles. snickerdoodles. Which I feel like that's probably one of the worst ones. Why? Snickerdoodles? I don't I, I feel like the more pleasant it is, the worse it is. Like, there was, like, what, at one point, um, I don't know if it was, uh, shoot, I, don't, I can't remember what issue that was I read, but it was a sparkle fluffing? Probably. What? I probably wrote that, yes. <laughs> you sound really shocked that that was even a thing. No, it's like, I, I don't know, like, sometimes it all gels together, like, doing the the issues in succession, you know, like... Yeah, I can't curse. actually tell you right right off the top of my head how issue two ends, because they're all, like, one story. But yeah, I always just like the, the idea that there's a possibility, like, as more pleasant sounding the profanity is, the worse it is. Because there's nothing terrible you could ever apply to Snickerdoodle. Because if you're yelling that as an expletive, that usually means you're trying so hard not to curse. Because as somebody who's a uh, resident potty mouth and, of course, well, now is in the care of two small children, you're like, all right, I should probably not curse. So fudge has been a very big part of my vocabulary lately. Well, you should switch it to fluff because that's better. Oh, yeah. I think fluff and sparkles will go over very well. 
me and uh, me and Katie were talking about this one thing before, and um, there's like you can say all of these all of these words, all of these like cute words that we put in the script in an angry tune, but there's one word that no matter how angry you get, once you say it, you just either giggle or it's just you can't say it in an angry tone. It's like bubbles. You can't you can't say bubbles angry. There's no like there's no way. It's physically impossible to say it angry. So yeah, there was like a time where like I had Katie to try it out and after five yes. minutes she's like, Yep, I can't I can't do it. I can't oh, do it. Oh bubbles. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I don't know. Like that there's gotta be a way. Like that should be way to say bubbles. Like you'll, like you'll just end up with a smile on your face after saying words. It's, it is how it is. That's got to be a contest. Basically, it's like, all right, basically record yourself saying bubbles the angriest way possible, and you know what, you win a prize because I figured that that has to be done. You know it's, what? Tell yeah. your listeners to do that to make angry recordings of them saying bubbles and submit them. And we will pick the best one and I will send them a copy of that rock band print. Okay. For everybody listening, um, rewind that, write that down because you know what? Let's do this. Cause this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be great. Actually, you know what? Not only the rock band print, I'll, I'll do like a, a customized postcard for it. Oh, dang. Take for that person. If they actually do it, all right, your listeners better step up. Right? Because, you know, oh, man, I'm now I'm, I'm excited to see what they come up with because I had a few, but I'm like, you know what? Obviously, I, I'm kind of void. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, the profanity is just so much fun, this book, and especially when it goes on, like, on tirades. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, as someone who finds, like, really fun ways to curse, though, it's like, Katie, you're my hero for writing that in and doing it in a way where it actually kind of makes sense. Like, and it doesn't even come off as weird, too. That's what's kind of fun about it. Oh, thank you. I, I think also credit goes to the editor for this. Um, she suggested, like, the story behind that is, like, we actually had, like, actual profanity in the book. Oh, yeah, but, definitely. But Black Mask wanted to make it into an all-ages book. So to make it appropriate, we had to find something, and um, our editor, Mags, actually you know, gave us a few, shot us a few ideas. And then we came up with all these words that we can just use as like a placeholder for like profanity. I think actually part of that conversation, we were in like a, a group chat and part of the conversation was, wouldn't it be stupid if we did this? And then we yeah, didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, fluff it. Yeah. Fluff it. <laughs> See, and it, it rolls off the tongue. There you go. Oh, that's right. We have to go back to the uh, the band. Okay, so let's see. So we've got Kaisley, guitarist. We have Emma's drummer. All right, got to pick a vocalist. This is one. All right. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. See, I, I'm torn between either Noemi or Divya, which I believe Div would probably be lead vocalist, like actual vocalist, as opposed to the person who tried to be. Well, Noemi's on the bass, so you got it correct. It's Divya. Huzzah! And your face, baby. I'm oh, sorry. Hey, hey, I'm, I, I have faith in you. All right, now play Saba, though. What's Saba going to do? Oh, okay, let's see. So we have him. We got a Kataria face. Hmm. I would say if the, if I had to choose, like, not in a traditional sense, but I feel like she would either be keyboards or, like, some type of sense or some sort of, like, I guess, like a DJ type. All right. I can see that. We had her kind of being uh, the type of backup guitar that's always messing around and 
doing crazy antics on stage because she's such an energetic dork. But I um I honestly find her as like um some kind of like a Sid Vicious type of musician <laughs> where um yes, where her guitar's exactly actually off. Vicious. Her guitar's actually off. She knows how to play it, but she's so ADD that she can't play one tune. So she just like strums wildly on stage and just like is pretty much like just lively. But you can't really hear what she's actually playing. So yeah, that's Which is for the best. Yep. But only in live performances. <laughs> she's like talented and stuff too. Yeah, she's really talented. She's she's a genius. Yeah. But as I've known anybody, like a lot of kids who either I went to school with or know now where, you know, yeah, they are insanely intelligent, but that's usually like uh, uh, the trade-off is either they're very uh, mischievous or I want to say arrogant to the point where it's like they're nasty, but, you know, they definitely know that they're super intelligent. (laughs) Yeah. You know what's fun, though? When they're wrong. (laughs) That's like one of my favorite things is when somebody thinks they're the smartest person in the room. And they are just straight up wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, have you heard me on this podcast before? Not just kidding. Oh, no, but I'm not yeah, even like, thinking about anyone in particular. It's just something it's, that I really enjoy. It's it's a great thing, too, because like like on Jade Street, it's fun because like as we progress, once the second issue's out, you see that they're actually wrong of thinking that they're they're perfect. You know, where they're like, this world is pretty much like kicking their butt and they're helpless about it. Well, everyone wants to think that they're the best. Yeah. And everyone wants to think that they're right. Yep. As someone who reads a lot of stories where, you know, about like ragtag teens forming, you know, at some point, all of a sudden, everybody's just kind of hanging out. But then once they form, all of a sudden, everybody's just very good at what they do, which is something that always kind of bugged me a lot about certain comics where it's like, okay, yeah, people who, you know, like, let's say Spider-Man. I was like, all right, I got bit. I had these powers. All of a sudden, I'm just very good at what I do, or at least in the t- case of the movies. But yeah, it's always funny to see. It's like, hey, you know, let's do something with this. And I want to find out that they're not very good at it. And at least in a slightly amusing way, they continue to fail at it. <laughs> They are trainees. Like, how would they be good at actual things yet? Well, I mean, I had a reference, but I guess I probably shouldn't say that because that is a little spoilery. But, you know, that's something that you set up early on. But, yeah, like I said, how that story wouldn't mainly play out. It wouldn't always be the case. So it was funny to see that, like, it actually just continued in the exact same trajectory that I figured it would have. God, they are amazing dorks. I love them so much. They really are, and I think that's a, a really good move to make it something of an all-ages book, because I, I think it's very relatable, and even someone who's not a teenage girl, I, I do see a lot of relatable elements to it, and I, and I think that's also what works as well. Like, you know, even with the target audience, even outside of it, I think it's something that people can really hint on. I mean, shoot, we just spent, like, you know, five minutes picking out who would be in the rock band together, so... As someone who's a little obsessed with music, like I, I think now I have like an extra appreciation for the characters and how this is going to play out. Excellent. So I don't know if we talked about this earlier, Fabian, I guess when we first got together. How many issues is this going to be? Oh, so this is going to be four issues. The first issue came out a few months back with a few, uh, like a series of unfortunate events. Um, the book got delayed, but it's coming back. But yeah, and it like, will be we... monthly from now on. Yep. Okay, so at that point, then, is there any plans to then release it as, I guess, as a trade? That's the hope, yeah. I would really like to see it collected and all prettied up. Also, my mom takes the books more seriously when they're paperbacks rather than floppies. 
So, you know, <laughs> I would like a trade for my mom. <laughs> and I've been noticing it a lot more now. And I know there's different schools of thoughts between, you know, individual floppies versus trades and what is not only the best way to read it, but um, also what is the easiest way to support a book. So it is kind of interesting now to see that, I guess, as far as companies go, trades have or, you know, are starting to become a lot more prevalent. So I, I think it's also really cool seeing as how at least even when they are collected, there's usually something that's, you know, added, whether it be like extra art or things like that. So I don't know if there was any plans to do something like that, but I think for this book, especially with the art style, that'd be something really fun. We'll keep you uh, in the know. <laughs> and I guess that leads to my next question. When the hell is this going to be an anime? <laughs> I would love that. You talk to the... Who's in charge of what gets to be anime? <laughs> like you can, you can probably talk to like I don't know, Netflix or Cartoon Network or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Go petition the bosses of anime and tell them that it needs to be a show. Fabian, I will say like you have this great knack with uh, expressions, um, especially um, this is one particular part of issue one with uh, Saba. Like there's this one face she makes. I'm, I'm not gonna you know tell the scene so much, but I don't know if you you probably know what I'm referring to. But it's just one of those classic <laughs> faces that I just is that in the spread like the the one early on with the spread? Yes. <laughs> That little oh, box. That's like the, the first corner. three pages. That's not spoilery. We can talk yeah. about that. Okay, if you if you don't mind talking about it, let's go for it then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the whole um, I need to pee face. Yes. I don't know. I think it's um, <laughs> you know, like this is this is gonna sound stupid. You know, when you go to a bar and like you get to that point where you really need to use the bathroom, and you know, in like bars in New York or in New Jersey, where like bathrooms are really small and there's only like a stall and two urinals yes for the men and when it's full you run into the bathroom and then it's full you you instantly see yourself in the mirror and i think that's where i drew it upon <laughs> like what what do i look like when i really need to take a leak and you just uh, put that face on a 15 year old magical girl yeah exactly <laughs> exactly because you know yeah, what it is? it's that face of just horror and desperation because i know what the bathrooms he's referring to and i was actually in one fairly recently and it's like okay what do you do it's full now and even if it isn't full you still have to basically wedge yourself between two people who are not at times very large very inebriated so they're teetering back and forth and it's like any false move can just ruin your night and everybody else's and i will say that that is probably one of the worst nightmare scenarios like i'd rather have the soul toilet from train spotting before having to deal with that hey imagine wearing like a button-down fly and then needing to use a bathroom uh like, no yeah. fabian that that i don't want to think about that ever again <laughs> haven't we all been there in school too though yeah like teachers that won't give you a freaking pass i don't know i studied in the philippines we just sneak out <laughs> all right well lucky you you could pee when you wanted to <laughs> i don't know my favorite uh you know what i'm not even gonna go into that story that's it's just gross but yeah, um, maybe we we need to chill on the bathroom humor yeah. i don't know my mom says that's yeah, never mind yeah but like when it comes to when it comes to like expressions i pretty much draw from real life like how like how would people actually react to this you know i think of a person who has the same personality of a character, not necessarily just Jade Street. Right. But, you know, if I draw, like, any other character and then 
you know, I imagine their face. Um, I have this friend back in the Philippines who she's really like the tomboyish, like active, um, you know, like she does these whole longboarding and whatnot. And she's really aggressive when it comes to like active stuff. So, you know, I imagined what her face would look like. And then I used it for Kai's face whenever she's, you know, aggressive about something, you know, it's stuff like that where I just take some people, yeah. uh, how they express them, like how their face gets at a certain emotion. And that's, that's how it is. That's what stories are, is, is reflecting life. Katie, I didn't really get into your backstory too much. I was first made aware of you. I was doing a brief interview with Taylor Esposito at a local comic shop when Strange Wit was coming out. He's amazing. I kept hearing his name even prior to the signing, and I guess he had the, the postcards. I had been hearing a lot of buzz about Strange Wit, and it's like, Katie Rex, I'm like, wow, I keep hearing his name. I need to know who this person is, which is why I kind of fanned out a little bit when I did meet you. <laughs> so let's, uh, I guess, get into, like I said, to get to your origins a little bit. So um, I guess, how is it that you got into this uh, wonderful world of comics? And I know that's kind of a loaded question, but I'm always interested in hearing like the steps it took as far as how we got to this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as a kid, I, I watched all the cartoons. Actually, not really anime, mostly just X-Men. Pretty into X-Men. I didn't go to comic shops, but I know that we had comics. Like, there were Donald Duck comics. Scrooge comics, um, Scooby-Doo comics. And then every time we went to the grocery store, I tried to, you know, sneak Betty and Veronica Double Digest into my mom's cart so that she'd buy it without saying no. But yeah, I was like real big into Archie growing up. And then I kind of dropped off the comics wagon around middle school, which you'll recognize in the late 90s was not necessarily a great time for not at all and that's actually around a time when uh, there was a brief moment where i stopped reading them so and it actually was x-men related so i feel your pain and then i didn't really get back to comics in a super meaningful way until college when i had a professor of multicultural literature assign american born chinese and love and rockets oh love and rockets is my shit yeah it was great it was so fun to examine the words and pictures together and the different ways that we consume media in the context of specifically multicultural experiences in america uh, i don't know if you mind getting into strange wit a little bit because i feel like that's a great story and i think more people should know about that absolutely it's a story about this woman named Jane Bowles. She was sort of a, a beat era author. Nobody's ever heard of her for the most part. People may have heard of her because they've heard of her slightly more famous husband, Paul Bowles. And the reason that most people haven't heard of her is largely, I think, because she's a queer woman, which, by the way, was totally cool with Paul. He was doing his own thing, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> But Jane is just this incredible woman. She was besties with Truman Capote and Tennessee Williams. And she was in the Parisian expat scene for a minute. And she went to the all of the best lesbian bars in Paris. And she lived in Morocco and had a wife. Well, they didn't have like a ceremony, but they were a couple in the long term. Um, named Sharifa and gosh, she was friends with heiresses. She, um, 
She lived in the same house as Carson McCullers for a little bit. She's uh, she's just done everything. She's incredible. So I wrote a comic book adaptation of both her life and many of her short stories interspersed. And that's been taking a while to come out. It's it was originally a Kickstarter and I'm still I'm still in the process of fulfilling because that has been it was my first book and I tried so hard to project what to expect and I had no idea. I thought I did the research, but I did not. There's so much more than you can even anticipate. But it's still fascinating considering that you had someone who's done all these great things and yet it is very unfortunate that, you know, not many people know about it. Nobody has heard of her. I hadn't heard of her until 2007, which I realize now is a very long time ago and I'm old. <laughs> it's well, oh shit, that is almost going to be 10 years from yeah. now. Uh-huh. Oh god. <laughs> you know, I should just cut to commercial break as it comes to the realization that holy shit, I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, for me, that was into my adulthood. 2007, I was an adult, and that was the first I heard of her. And it wasn't in school or anything. <laughs> I think it was a Wikipedia click hole. You know how you like end up in this dark hole from Wikipedia, link after link after link after link. That is almost every day of my life now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's. That's, I think, where I found Jane. I had to quit Wikipedia for what? a while. <laughs> really? <laughs> because of that. No, seriously, like, it, it it took too much time. Even at work, I would uh, be asked some weird banking law and um, check Wikipedia. And then I'd see something interesting and I'd click that. And then I'd see something interesting and click that again. And again and again and again and it's just this vicious cycle of just yeah. clicking and clicking it's i hear that one and you know what actually kind of stopped me from doing that well a i used to do it when i had this office job and also i don't know if you remember well, you probably do back a while ago when they used to do the uh, donation drives there'd always be um i can't remember the name of the wikipedia guys like jimmy wales or something like that i have no idea but anyway, like, so uh, a couple of years back, I don't think they do anymore. They think they just put up like a, a random banner. But every so often, Wikipedia will do, you know, these donation drives. So they used to actually have the guy who ran Wikipedia do like basically you'd have a picture up and it'd be like, oh, OK, a personal appeal from Wikipedia founder or so on and so forth. And for some reason, the picture they used was t at the time I thought it was the most disturbing thing because he had this look, but it was almost kind of blank and expressionless. So I'd be surfing Wikipedia, then all of a sudden a picture would pop up and it'd freak me out and it kind of kept me from being like basically going down those rabbit holes. That's, I mean, scare tactics work. <laughs> but I've noticed they stopped using this picture, so I wonder if everybody had the same issue. I I don't know. I hope so. Thank you so much to the both of you for coming and chilling and hanging out. This has been a lot of fun. Which I, I will say, though, this is actually sh should be, like, another fun feature. It's like, guess the characters of comic book. What issue would they play if they were in a band? Do it. I think that that's a great a way to get inside somebody's head. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, if they were in a band, if they were, like, in a and d party. Yeah, like, that's a good one, too. I already know who is what. I'm like... I think I only have, like, three of them. Okay, you know what? I don't know. Do you guys mind? Did you want to, like, do a rundown to see what you can come up with? I can do a rundown of my list, and yeah, I Katie can do a rundown of her list. I mean, Mine's it's only, really vague. I mean, you can go first since you only have three so far. Okay, I kind of feel like probably Emma is 
I, I mean, I want to say that she would be, um, I guess, a cleric. I would Obviously, definitely see Saba's a rogue. Mm-hmm. And probably Kai, too. Yeah, no, that's it. That's all I got. Oh, but Kai might be like such a bruiser because she has like such a wall up. My list would be Kai is definitely a hybrid between a monk and a barbarian. <laughs> wow, that's insane. Definitely a paladin for Divya. Mm-hmm. Emma would be a ranger. Saba would be a rogue with a charlatan background. <laughs> <laughs> and no, she's a rogue bard. No, no, no. Our bard is Noemi. No, Saba's a rogue bard because she makes up stupid, silly songs all the time. And she boosts morale like that. And That's she true, makes things happen like that because she's amazing. Then again, Noemi has the flute as a weapon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I miss d and I want to play d and I'm telling you, come out to Minnesota every other Friday. Yeah, because I could take a bus to Minnesota no, I mean, in like half an hour. Come out and live here, <laughs> and then you'll be invited to my group every other Friday. Oh, we have our deal already, so. Yeah, right. We'll both hop on a bus, because, I don't know, there's got to be a Greyhound that goes to Minnesota, right? Yeah, on a day trip? Yeah, sure. Actually, (laughs) there is a bus that goes from New York to Chicago, and then from Chicago to Minneapolis. So it is possible. I may have researched this. (laughs) All I know is, like, I can take a bus to Toronto, and I kind of want to do it. Do it. I don't know, depending on what the fare is, if I ever had to spare money, that'd be a hell of a podcast. It's funny because it's 40 bucks. It's only 40 bucks to get to Toronto by bus? Yeah. I paid just about that much to get to, like, upstate when I'm from the city. Holy crap. Well, that's if you book early, I guess. I don't know. We should drive at as, like, just Adrian and Fabian's um, adventure to Toronto and just, like, just go to Toronto. I would subscribe to that Patreon. Right. Oh, are you kidding me? Like, I'll start that page now. Like, and meanwhile, it's like, why do you guys want to go to Toronto? Just because. They're closing Tim Hortons all over New York now. I don't know. Maybe that's a good reason. Oh, there's always a good reason to go to Canada. But no, like, I've been dying to go back. So, I mean, 40 bucks bus, like I said, like, I remember taking a mega bus from, like, Manhattan to Albany, and it cost me about $40. So, I mean,. And that's obviously even in the U.S., so if it costs the sand to cross, you know, a, a country, then why the hell not? Maybe there's fees. I don't know. Well, I'm sure there's probably, like, processing fees, but that's still decent, though. Yep. Uh, well, can, well, I guess now that we're making travel plans, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we completely forgot about Minnesota, so you're just going to have to, like, come to Toronto with us. You know what? Yep. I will, and then we can all stock Margaret Atwood. Because that's oh, the yeah. other thing I can think of to do in Toronto right now off the top of my head. There's, like, other stuff. Like, I know the Silver Snail is there, which is a really cool comic shop. But we could just stock Margaret Atwood. It's a good thing to do. She's a really good writer, you guys. Yeah. Angel Catbird is the shit. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> not at all what I was expecting, either. Right? <laughs> I was like, this cover is so amazing and serious and... This is going to be, like, the most serious book ever. No, not. God, (laughs) it was so out of left field and spectacular. (laughs) Well, like, I guess we're stocking market out with then. Yep, good. (laughs) Oh, boy, I had so much fun, you guys. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out, and we got to do this again soon. But before yeah. you go, please, in the spirit of shameless promotion, let everybody know where they could find you and your books or anything else you feel like plugging. 
I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, not so much, DeviantArt, or uh, Facebook through Rockets and Pens. Just type Rockets and Pens, and um, you should be able to find me. If you want to meet me in person, if you're lucky, one of these, like, on a Saturday and you're from New York, you can pass by Carmine Street Comics. I might be there annoying the shit out of uh, the owner. or just Last drawing- being the artist in residence. Exactly, or just drawing at the artist face. <laughs> That's obviously second to, you know, annoying the shit out of your stores owner. No. Yeah, or even, like, you know, if you want to get a cover of um, an exclusive cover of Jade Street that was done by me and colors by Claudia Aguirre, you can pass by that shop and you can pick it up over there. Yeah, that's that's how you can reach me or find me. I'm on Twitter, I guess, and a few other social medias. I'm Katie Rex. Uh, the Katie's with a Y, though. I forgot that I had to specify that previously because I'm stupid. But I'm Twitter at the Katie Rex, and Instagram is just Katie Rex. Maybe I don't even remember. Just I think I think if you Google Katie Rex, most of the stuff will be me. I don't think there are other Katie Rexes that are on Google. I just found like the multiverse. It turns out like there's millions of you. That'd be awesome. I'm really cool. So as many of me as possible, please. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, and before we go, um, in case you're one of those people that start your podcast at the end of the show, um, we're going to try this contest thing out. And obviously, once this episode goes up, we're definitely going to have to tweet about it. You can just go on Instagram, record the video and um hashtag it as jade street has a band yes i like that hashtag uh just hashtag jade street has a band um street st so it's not too long um so jade st has a band we shall look for a winner and you can get free art from me and yeah should be fun I'm actually gonna gonna make make a, a bubble video right now on Instagram and not tell anybody why. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Please uh, send us a video of your angriest bubbles. <laughs> and that just sounds. Now I can't even. Phoebe, you did it to me because the minute you said you can't say it without giggling, now I'm giggling like an idiot. Yeah, it's either you giggle or you just smile at the end of the whole word. And or you just give up and curl into a ball and die. And die. <laughs> like, well, I mean, that's the other extreme uh, reaction. But yeah. yeah. It's like a giggle cry. You do this giggle cry and then you just like flat out, just flat line. Absolutely. And that's it. Completely accurate. Well, there you go. Supporting indie artists by giving us your angriest uh, <laughs> bubbles. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good cause all around. And also, who doesn't want to uh, pass up an opportunity to uh, make a fool of himself online? Because I know I don't. So <laughs> Plus prizes. Yay. Right? Exactly. Fun and profit. <laughs> Wait, I, 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 I kind of got confused. So let's not do Jade Street has a man. Let's just. You know what? I'm totally okay with that hashtag because it just references a different part of this episode. And it's all part of the Adrian has issues thing. That is true. There was okay. There's a word at the end there, but I, I gave up. No, I love that. J Street has a band. There you go. So J A D E S T, like you say, because otherwise it'd be too long. Yeah. Has a band. Has and a band. We're going to say it one more time because obviously repetitions is a great way to learn things. Repetitions is a great way of learning things. Um, 
Um, there you go. So send us a video of yourself saying bubbles the angriest or threatening way possible. And you may want some awesome art. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, let's just pick one and hope for the best that somebody does join this join this contest because I really want to see people say this. Personally, <laughs> I'm fine with audio, but video preferred because I would love to make a compilation of this. See, that makes it even better. See, posterity. Because audio, I don't know. that Anybody can do audio, though, but video. I think people can get really creative with that. Except that, like, this is audio. But anybody can do audio. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was rude no that was amazing and that's you know what that's it i can't even top that so that'll do it for this episode of patriot has issues and we'll see you next issue peace guys Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm His Issues. Wait, what? Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm... Wait, wait, that's not right. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm Eileen. Tune in to the Adrian Has Issues podcast. Each week we chat with some great people. Including me from time to time. Comic book creators, comedians. Musicians and actors. Tax collectors, Zamboni drivers. (sighs) Point is, basically anyone willing to sit down for a geeky discussion or two on all things pop culture. Visit AdrianHasIssues.com where you can download and stream every episode. Especially the ones featuring yours truly. Visit Adrian Has Issues on Facebook and Twitter. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave a rating and review and tell me how amazing I am. Us. I mean us. Ah, oh, McKenna, you're way cooler than I am anyway. Aw, oh, thanks, babe. Oh, and Adrian Has Issues is also a proud member of the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Awesome. Nice save, Brodor. <sighs> Visit AdrianHasIssues.com.